You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the one and only Locked On Texans podcast. I am one half of the amazing host, John, some sports guy, Hickman, and always to the right of me. And I'm the other half of this amazing show, Cody with a T. And uh, the last couple of days have been a little difficult for us to do a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in uh, a fender bender. Oh, man. What yeah. happened? People can't drive in the city of Houston. Yeah. You, you know, Houston was ranked as the worst city to drive in. I think it was 19 D. No. Almost 200 DWR arrests. That is sad weeks. compared to the amount of traffic that goes on in New York, Chicago, and L.A. LA. And yet, Atlanta, has, Atlanta bad has bad traffic. And yet, Houston was ranked as the dangerous. Not only, not only due to the fact for all the DWIs people get arrested for, just due to the fact how aggressive people are. We can't drive. We just how aggressive. Like, bro, for, you know what I hate the most when you're on the freeway and you just riding along and somebody be like, "Oh, that's my exit," and they cut from the left lane all <laughs> the way over. Like, bro, we, we can't. All drive. you gotta do is take the next exit. Make a U-turn and come back. But it's hard to do that in Houston because if you miss your exit, then that's an extra 15, 20 minutes on your destination. Well, you knew your exit was coming up when you were speeding on the left lane. That is true. We can't drive, nor can it. Can we get free agent right. Free agency <laughs> right. I mean, you know, you give up 62 sacks last season, uh, and it just seems like where is the protection going to come from this upcoming season? Uh, so we're going to talk about some free agents that are on the list for the Texans so far this week. Of course, my favorite part of this is going to be a, a running theme for the show. Hearing back from the listeners. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the last few days, we're going to dive into what some of the listeners have to say in the last segment. And I thought it would be fun with the draft coming up. And we're going to discuss draft uh, expectations and possible selections. More than likely tomorrow, we're going to give people the time. But I thought it would be fun to talk about the worst draft D, mm-hmm. draft D the Texans have ever drafted in their franchise history, which mm-hmm. only been 17 years so mm-hmm. far. So we're going to get into that, this episode, and more on the other side of Locked On Podcast. Only on Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back, you what do we call these listeners? I don't know. Texans. Texans fans. That's what they are. Anytime they got to listen to us, sit on a mic in front of a computer and talk about a team, yeah. then clearly they're fans. They're fans. You, you bulls? No. This no. is call them Texans fan. That's no. Well, ask on Twitter. You love fan engagement. So what should we call our listeners? I'm definitely going to do that. Uh, I'm going to go with you bulls. And bulls I'm going to go with just... Texans fans, Bulls and Bulls You Or BS. Then, then you're going to get them mad. Then they're going to unsubscribe. Don't do that, guys. Don't do that, guys. Get mad at the front office right now for the Houston Texans, right? <laughs> um, No moves were made as of yet. I mean, I know the Texans brought in tight end from Cleveland last year, Darren Fells. I like that signing. He's a tight end that can 
This is what he's going to do. He's going to block his ass off, and he's going to be able to get you a touchdown or two throughout a 16-game season. Mm-hmm. I also think that's going to help your young guys learn the position of tight end a little bit more and mix that with that uh, athleticism. And and that's what I like the most about that pickup. You finally have a veteran tight end to come in there and show those young bucks, okay, this is how it's done. No disrespect to... Um, the two young players that we got at that position, but it's always better when you have a veteran who can, you know, just show you the ropes. And I guarantee you, how long is that deal? Do you know? Uh, Fails deal? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a year deal. Let me, I, I guarantee you, after this year, one of those two young guys, they're going to have a breakout. They're going to have a breakout year the following season. The thing about Fails is 32 years old. Um a decent run blocker. I mean, not not necessarily a decent run blocker, but he's a good run blocker. Uh, he's been around the league for a while. Uh, so we know what he's able to do. And I think, just like you said, that's going to really help out with the young guys the Texans have right now. Uh, so I did like that signing. I'm also looking at projected A.J. McCarron for a backup. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I like that. I, I can give you some insight on A.J. McCarron coming in the backup, uh, Deshaun Watson. Look, guys, A.J. was a guy that we know what he did in college at Bama. He went and was drafted by uh, Cincinnati for the Bengals. Would have led the Bengals to their first playoff win in I don't know how long if it wasn't for two back-to-back boneheaded mistakes. So I think A.J. McCarron is a guy. We know he's coming off injury last season. He's just a guy that you can plug in and get you where you need to go. Uh, then we're also looking at, uh, of course, Donald Penn and Jordan Mills. Um, personally, I'm I'm gonna let you have a floor about Penn, but I feel some type of way uh, in regards to Mills. I, I just I, I don't really agree with that signing. Not necessarily signing because he hasn't been signed yet, but he's in, even getting getting him visited over to the facility. I just don't like that. Come on, what's what's wrong? You got to have a reason. Well, no, I, I have a reason. So, mm-hmm. he's just a guy. It seems like we're getting these guys like Mills, who's just backup guys. Since 2016, he led the Buffalo Bills in total pressure allowed and posted the lowest passing blocking grade among the team's qualified offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. That's pretty bad. That's not good at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, he's just a guy who has a ceiling that is he's he's not going to get you over any hump because he hasn't gotten to that hump. No disrespect to him, the NFL for a reason. You has a talent, but your ceiling is not that high so far in your career. You you you've been in the league for for a while now. You just haven't made that turn. You've been on a couple teams in the last few years, so clearly there's not you no know, any. There's nothing established there with you to have a team hold on for you moving forward. So for the Texans, if you're going to bring him in, then that shows me well, right now we're going to adjust offensive linemen rather in the draft and not in free agency. I just don't like meals for the Texans, especially considering you got sacked 62 times last season. You need to bring in guys who's going to be able to make a difference there. And bringing in the guys that allowed 
Uh, the total pressures allowed for the Buffalo Bills since 2016 posted the lowest passing blocking grade among the team's qualifying offensive linemen. That's not good. So that's just me and my take on uh, Mills right now. You know what's funny, John? What's that? We go from a guy who you said his ceiling was never that high to a guy who already passed his ceiling. But yet he's still holding on, and that guy right, that guy I'm talking about is um Donald Penn. Right. Yes. Now the Texans they need help on the offensive line. I think one of our um listeners had tweeted at us. There was like I think you had posed the question, uh, what has been like the disappointing part of all of the off season right now? And, and one of the listeners I forgot what his name was. He flat out said we still do not have a line. Right. Donald Penn is a guy who I kind of want the Texans to sign, and he will be a good signing. I mean, we're talking about a player who is a in at this position. He's a three-time Pro Bowler, so you're talking about the you're talking about a guy who is going to help our by far our weakest area of our team. Rather, if you put him at um, rather if you put him as as a left tackle or a right tackle, um, still need a tackle. You still need a body out. You still need a body out. And honestly, I went back and I watched some of his clips the last couple of years, and and he's still moving pretty fast. He can still block pretty good, but there's a couple red flags I see in the potential of signing Penn. Well, first and foremost, Cody, last year he only played a few games because of a groin injury. I was I was going to get to that. Those are my two. Those are my two. Um, those are those are my two biggest concerns about Penn. He's 34 right now. At the start of week one, he's going to be 35. The last two seasons, he has been out due to injuries. In 2017, he set out with a foot injury. And last year, as you said, he set out with a groin injury. And, you know, groin injuries, they can be, they can go either or. But to me, I feel like the older you get, the worse those groin injuries got. Especially with that weight. Especially with the weight he's carrying and stuff. Check this out. Last year, he got injured with that groin injury in week four. And he has not been back since. Right. That's pretty bad. So, not only are you getting, yeah, like, I, and he said it himself. Um, He said in an interview on ESPN um, last week, matter of fact, when free agency started, he said he still feel like he had something in the tank. Don't get me wrong. I still feel like he has something in the tank. It wasn't that long ago. I think it was in 2016 or 2017. He was selected to be a um a that was one of his selections of a pro bowler. A pro bowler. He was a, he may have been an all pro that season too. I'm not sure. Exactly, and of course, um, this is a guy who played the last five years with the um Oakland Raiders, and we have seen basically since the David Carr, Derek Carr. Yeah, the Carr brother. We we. The last couple of years we've seen with the Carr brothers, you know, how successful Carr has been, you know, when he's healthy. And a lot of that has to do with the line. And, of course, a part of the line is Donald Penn. That's the good thing about it. But, like I say, he's he's going to be 35 years old when the season starts. Not only that, he's basically injury prone, at, prone in this part of his career. And even when they give him – even if they give him a one-year deal, I really don't know how is that going to help. I mean, he's he's proven that he can still play. But say if we sign him, week two he goes out with an injury. Now we back with the same old sorry line we had last year. 
So exactly. And just to give you guys, for you people who love grades, you know, a lot of people love numbers. They love mm-hmm. numbers. The only time Jordan Mills at offensive tackle in this NFL posted a grade above 80, the last time that happened was 2013 uh, against the Dallas Cowboys. Week 13, he posted an 83.9. He's just a guy that, he, oh, yes, you need a body at offensive line, but he's a guy that, if you look at him overall, his potential is a second-string rotation guy just in case somebody gets hurt. Um in the last couple of But that's of seasons, not what the Texans need right need now. That. It doesn't it, it makes sense to bring him in for body purposes, but the deal has to be team friendly. Also in 2018, he ranked 77th out of 85 qualifying tackles uh for his run blocking grade. That's nowhere near what the Texans need. Coming up on the other side, when we're talking about while we talk about the Texans and what's going on in the offseason, let's talk about the worst draft pick the Texans has had in their organizational life. Organizational life is a terrible way to put that, but we're going to talk about the worst <laughs> draft pick the Texans have selected since coming into existence in 2001. All of that and more on the other side of the break. Thank you guys for continuously listening to the show. We know we're new hosts, Cody. You know, it's shoes that we have to fill from the previous host. So one thing I want to do is just, you know, tell you guys how much I appreciate your ears listening to us, having some fan fun on, on Twitter or Facebook. That's been, you know, fun for me. But the show must go on with the new host. And... um not only does the show must go on, but the Texans have to hit it in this draft. Why? Well, there's issues that need to be fixed that have not been um, recognized yet or fixed or whatever you want to look at. We know we just talked about the offensive line. You know, it was scheduled that Jordan Mills came in to visit the Texans this week. The Texans are also eyeing, eyeing uh, Donald Penn. And so there's some areas that need to be filled. I just think we need to talk about what does not need to happen. (laughs) And the first thing to look at, in my opinion, the worst draft pick of all time for the Houston Texans. This is going to be fun. This is going to be fun because I actually have a couple. And this is going to bring back some painful memories. Well, well, you during that time, you looked up and said, what? What the hell? Uh, 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 who? I remember a big who, and that's the one I'm going for. That guy? Yeah, that guy. That, that dude? guy. Got, I, who? We had him? Who, who's, who's going first, me or you? I want you to go first. All right, check this out. I took the glasses off, the so glass you know it's about off. to get real. To me, and this is my opinion, and I know a lot of you Texans fans are going to... Not like what I'm about to say. But to me, the worst draft pick the Texans ever made in their history is Mario Williams in 2006. That's right, I said it, fans. Just just check this out. We had the number one pick. The first pick. Now, before I go, before I dive into all this, let me let me just say this. 
Mario Williams was not a bum. He was not a scrub. I'm glad you clarified. Like Mario Mario Williams with the Texans. I think it was in 2009 and 2010. He made the Pro Bowl. He 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 became a a really good defensive player. And in my eyes, he was the cornerstone of the Texans always having a great defense. You know, now, I mean, when you think of the Texans, nine times out of ten, you think about the defense. You think of Watts. You you think of Clowney, you know. Williams was the cornerstone for me. He kicked it off. He He kicked kicked it it off off of saying, when you think of the Texans, you think of a great defense by far. And honestly, I really do wish that the Texans still had Williams. Because think about it. A defensive line last year with Watt, with, with Williams, I mean, he's still producing. I think he's in Buffalo now. He's still producing. And Clowney? Come on now, John. But Williams will always go down in my eyes as the worst draft pick for the Houston Texans. I'm going to tell you why. In 2000. Oh, okay. I correct me. Thank you for that. Let's, let's take a trip. Let's take a trip. And last played in 2016 for Miami. Mm, so he's not playing no more. He's a free agent right now. Okay. Whatever. He still did good with the Texans, but let's rewind a bit. It's 2006. You got the first pick. You have literally two players who literally transcended college football for a year. Reggie Bush and Vince Young. With that number one pick, John... They should have drafted, and I still in my heart believe they should have drafted Vince Young. And let me just say this. You know how I always like to talk about a ripple effect? Because the Texans passed up on Vince Young, it caused so many ripple effects that some people and some teams are still suffering from to this day. In 2006, do you know we had... Andre Johnson, for only three years to that point, he was still young and he was still fresh. John, Andre Johnson played the prime of his career and put up some really good numbers without a really good quarterback. The first part of his career, he played with David Carr. The second part of his career, even though he, he, wasn't, he wasn't a bum, Matt Schaub. And Matt Schaub, he... Did pretty solid. Matt Shaw was a guy who knew how to hide his bumness. Exactly. He knew how to hide his bumness, but he was still pretty decent. But just think about it, John. Can you imagine if we drafted Vince Young with the number one pick and paired Vince Young with Andre Johnson? Can, can you imagine what? Can you imagine them two together? I saw it in the Pro Bowl that following season. Uh, which was Vince Young's rookie's year. So you telling me? <laughs> it was a beautiful sight. What? Just, just explain to the listener what you saw with them two together. I just saw a connection that should have been in Houston for years. Mm, and not only that, Vince Young. Where is Vince Young from? I think he's from Houston. You think he's from Houston? Look up on Wikipedia, fans. Correct me if I'm wrong, and correct Wikipedia if they're wrong. This man is from Houston. Vince Young at this time. Had so much promise into his career. John, going back to the ripple effect, because the Texans did not draft Vince Young, 
that's the reason why his career fell off the way it did in those later years, especially with him going to Tennessee playing for Jeff Fisher, who is arguably one of the worst coaches in NFL history. So in my eyes, it's Mario Williams. We should have got Vince Young, Vince Young, Andre Johnson. That might have been at least one Super Bowl win. I have a couple. A couple? I have a couple because what makes drafting these players so bad is the potential players you could have drafted after those guys. We're talking about uh, thank you guys for listening. We're talking about the worst draft signings uh, in Texan history. First and foremost, number one, I thought I had a guy number one at first, but then I thought about it. I did my research, and I remember this guy, and boy, was he just not good. Travis Johnson, the defensive tackle from Florida State. He was drafted in the 2005 draft. He was drafted at 16. You know who the Texans could have had in that draft? <laughs> now, 2005, you just brought up in 2006, we should have drafted Vince Young. Mm-hmm. That's why you think that, that that draft was so bad. You know who was drafted in 2005 at quarterback? There's a guy in Green Bay oh! <laughs> that was drafted in that draft. And at Woo! the time, the Texans was banking on Carr. Mm-hmm. Um, not that Carr was a bum, but... No, he was a bum. Not, he was not, a bum. We'll He's that. a bum. We'll get into that. But he was just a guy that was Aaron Rodgers was drafted in that draft. So wait, wait I'm Travis so- Johnson was in that draft. Who you picked at 16? I, I'm, I'm for sorry. You guys, for you guys, Travis Johnson only gave you in three, four seasons, two sacks. <laughs> two sacks. Not two sacks. one, not two. Oh, That's two. It. That's it. Just two. The other guy was drafted. In the 2007 draft, the youngest drafted player since 1967. You want to know who that guy is, listeners? Amobi Okoye. Do you want to know who could have been drafted for the Texans? Here's a list. This is what makes this worse. 2005 with Travis Johnson, not that bad. Amobi Okoye, you could have had Patrick Willis, Marshawn Lynch, Mm. Darrell Revis, mm. Lawrence Timmons, mm. Michael Griffin, mm. Reggie Nelson. Mm. Those are the guys that you could have had. But no, you went with the youngest guy out of Louisville at the time. I believe he was 18 when he was drafted into the NFL. Well, you could have had Darrell Revis, or you could have had the likes of Marshawn Lynch or Patrick Willis. The last guy who I think is the worst draft pick, at least first round, because if you look over the course of drafting, that's a lot, but I'm looking strictly at first round. It happened recently. Kevin Johnson. You drafted him over Patrick, not Patrick, Marcus Peters. Mm. The Texans have a lot to evaluate in this draft. We get into that tomorrow. I'm excited about that show, but these are the guys. Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Willis, Marshawn Lynch, Darrell Roos. These are just some of the guys that I named that was drafted around that number of your selection. That Travis Johnson was was a terrible pick. The worst. The worst draft pickup that the Texans had. And even if you look at Derek Carr, David Carr rather, the next pick was Julius Peppers. Mm-hmm. And you not know only, how he transcended to change the game. And not only that, in that same draft, you could have had Dwight Freely and you could have had Ed Reed. But instead, we got, suck, we got stuck 
with David Carr. On the other side of the break, we're going to talk about... Actually, we're not going to talk about... We're going to let the fans... Well, not fans, but the listeners say what they have to say over the Texas offseason so far. This is Locked On Texas Podcast. You can find this on Locked On Podcast Network. It's the best time of the show. Don't you agree, Cody? Yeah, but don't be giving away people profile pictures, man. Uh, we got this person sitting on a red sofa. We got this person eating a can of red beans. It's like, we don't need to know all that. <laughs> it's the fan talk of the show where we ask questions to listeners. I ain't calling them fans, but listeners uh, on, on the social medias and try to get some... some uh, what's up? Don't forget... Do the poll on what oh, our listen. Well, I ain't even oh, know. for the for the, the Brock Osweiler or no for the um what they want to be called. They probably don't want to be called nothing. Just give them the show, probably. You say bulls and bullsettes or something like that. Bulls or BS. Y'all on that BS? You gonna make them <laughs> mad? You gonna, right, you gonna so have David Lott wondering why we ain't have no listeners? Oh Lord! First and foremost, we got Colton Milstead. This was on Facebook. And I posted, slow day, slow day at the office. We love engaging with listeners. What is something you guys would want to discuss on the next show? Colton Milstead, uh, who has maybe his girlfriend in his post. There you go. Say that's not his girlfriend, John. Hey, he's in the profile picture. So, he said, would I, or would we be opposed to the Texans potentially trading one of their second round picks to move up and get Andre Dillard? Or just stick at 23 and see what falls to him? That's a good I, question. I, I personally would just stick at 23. Um, there's so much a team can hit on with your second-round draft pick. Uh, I saw some mock drafts that had Greedy Williams uh, falling in the second round, which I don't really? think is going to happen. Oh, well, he's a first-rounder for sure. I don't think it's going to happen. But I think when you trade a second pick, it's – that's a big gamble, especially when you look at the NFL compared to any other, you know, drafts, uh, any other organization, sports leagues, because the second round and third round are so big. I would just stick at 23. Uh, Jordan Brown, he's by himself in his abbey. He has on a nice suit. You you like that suit? That's all right. It's, it's okay. Mm. It's, it's okay. Uh, so now you're going to make him mad because now you giving this man the perception that you calling his suit ugly. I never said ugly. I said you said it's okay. It's, it's either nice yes suit. or yes. Would you wear that suit? Would I wear the suit? Let me see. You're, you're lying. Anything you no, said this one. Look, it's a three-piece suit. Got a nice vest. But will you wear the suit? I would wear the suit. You're lying because if you would have wore the suit, you would have been like, yeah, yeah, I would have wore that suit. I'm more of a louder guy, though. I like colors. This is a nice black suit with the vest. I like the vest. Three-piece suit. I like it. Jordan Brown says, if you, I like that. If you had to choose just one between a tight end or a receiver, uh, I guess he meant like a second receiver because he puts receiver two. What do you think is more important to help work around the O-line weaknesses? Well, I think, mm. you know, we already did. We took care of it. Signing Darren Fells. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is what's going to directly help and affect the O-line and the weaknesses. Uh, Fells is a guy who posted a grade of 97 last year when it came to blocking. That guy can block his tail off, and he can just do what he needs to be done for a tight end that's going to come in and do that job. We need you to block and make plays whenever your number is called. We're not going to call your number often, but when it's called, be ready. So I think directly affecting hiding those O line offensive, I mean, off uh, those weaknesses, 
We already did that. We went on and got Fails for tight end, played for Browns last season. That was a big signing. Mm-hmm. Now let's go over to Twitter. This was another slow day at the office. Uh, just was playing around. Should the Texans sign Donald Penn? And got a lot of replies. Texan fan 13 with a football <laughs> in his Abbey said, of course, uh, give us some life next time, dude. The one guy, Jason Claywell. We're going to get this posted, Jason, so you can listen to it. This is my response. Because you kind of went off on this post. <laughs> this was his response. I said, should the Texans sign Donald Penn? One of his responses, do you really think Brian Gain is making all the moves? Why do you? Why do I think they got rid of Rick Smith and kept OB? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Mm. Thinking emoji. Mm. Come on, O'Brien has his franchise by the balls. Cal McNair will have a big discussion with himself if it's another mediocre season. Jason, whoa. Pump the brakes a little bit, man. Calm down. I like his passion. I, li- I like the I passion. I like the fire. I mean, whoa. And Jason, I agree with you. And Jason has a beard and a black and white Abbey with an Indiana in the background. So I don't. Uh, maybe he went to Indiana. I'm not sure. Mm. Here's the thing about that. I do want to address that. I don't think O'Brien has the organization franchise <laughs> by the balls. Mm-hmm. I don't think that. I just think the franchise has evaluated the market of head coaches right now. You look at what O'Brien has done with the the least amount possible, made it to the playoffs, won your division. I think he's the best candidate for the team that you have right now. He's notoriously known for getting the best out of worst. Um, so I don't think he has a lot of balls. I just think business decisions were made. Um, Marty Bird. You have a... Now that's a bright, nice Abby. I like that picture. Very bright jacket on. Dress, uh, some ripped up jeans in your Abbey, and there's a young lady on the left of you, which probably the right, the right of you in the picture, actually. Uh, you said, yes, he's a grown man. Well, Donald Penn is actually a grown man. He's just a really, really grown and old man. He's 35 <laughs> years old. That hasn't played that much football in the last two seasons. But we're going to see what he's going to what what can happen if the Texans actually reach a deal with him. I think they actually do reach a deal with him by the end of this week. So, let's see. There's a lot of yeses. Cody Wall, is this a question? Texans need OL help, and Penn can provide that, even as just a vet presence. So, here's what I want to address with that, Cody. This is not the NBA (laughs) vet presence. Vet presence is only works in the NFL if you're able to be out there with the guys. But I get what he's saying. At the end of the day, you still, any team, no matter the sport, no matter the league, any team needs that that vet person that's the leader and a vet person that can get, that can rally the team. And I say this only because, and I, I hate to use this example, this example because you just say this isn't the NBA. But I watched the um, Rockets documentary of the 22-game win streak. And they were talking about when Yao Ming went out. With Remember, he went out after we beat the Bulls. He went out with that foot injury. Everybody looked defeated. And the Kimbe Matumbo was the one person who stepped up in that locker room and rallied all the guys around. 
I don't care what sport you play. I don't care what league you play. Everyone needs that wise veteran who can rally the team and to be that, that, that shoulder to lean on. Every team in any every sport needs that. Yeah, but in Donald's pin case, if you lean on his shoulder too long, he may get injured. So what I'm saying is uh, I, I don't really like that vet vet presence, you know, reasoning simply because, well, that implies that he's gonna be able to help the next upcoming guy. Now, mind you, I think the Texans first pick in this draft is gonna be offensive lineman. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think that as well. But that vet presence stuff only works in the NBA, in my opinion, because if you're not on the field, how much can you really contribute? Uh, Sometimes until, it's not about being on the field. Sometimes it's about being on that sideline, just being that extra voice. I would I would agree if Donald Penn was 32 instead of 35 years old. That makes it better. No, not really, because I, I, what can you give me at this point? He's a teacher. He's a teacher. He's that wise man. One thing about I just I I disagree with that when it comes to the NFL that vet presence as an offensive lineman. That's just something that I don't necessarily agree with. Uh, That's wrapping up the show right now. Um, We're definitely gonna get the show out tomorrow for Wednesday. Mm -hmm. We're gonna get another show out for the remainder of the week. Thank you guys for lending your ears for thirty plus odd minutes. Until next time, I am John, some sports guy Hickman. On the right side of me is Cody Davis. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. And um, until next time, peace. Talk Texas. And we are Bulls on Parade with a party twist. You are Locked On Texas, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.